Hello, John. Good day. Good day. Good day, sir. Good day to you. <laughs> uh, this is supposed to be our 10-year anniversary celebration. We're a little late, aren't we? We are. It is the uh, the 10 anniversary, I believe I looked it up. Um, this is <laughs> – I want to play something. Uh, if you'll indulge me for a minute. Uh, how do I play this? Maybe I'll play This is a new podcast that we've decided to call Good Day, Sir. Cringe. I'm Jeremy Ross, and with me is John DeSantiago. Yep. Hello. (laughs) Yeah. So we, you know, John and I have known each other for a long time. We, uh, we have conversations a lot about technology and a lot of Salesforce.com type stuff since we both worked with Salesforce for almost 10 years. And uh, it's one of those things where we have these conversations and. Okay. Well, that's enough. Anyway. Episode one, huh? Yeah, that was, um, well, yes, not counting episode zero, I know. which is not to be spoken of. <laughs> that was October 24th, 2013, John. Well, let's celebrate by popping these. Yeah. You have a, a smoked beer. Oh, Rauchbier. Rauch rauch yeah, I don't know how, how to pronounce right. any of this, except um, for Live Oak. Everything else, I... What does it say? It's, oh, it's just Smoktober. It's a Smoktober. Brodziski? Oh, it's a Rodisky. Rodisky. Rod. Um, is the G silent? I don't know, actually. I've never had a smoked beer. So that's like a that's a lager. It's no smoky. But it's yeah. It's to me it's it's meaty. It almost has like bacon or smoked meat or something. It does like a no, like a brisket maybe. But it's also really drinkable because it's you know like a five percent lager or whatever. I approve. You approve, yeah. Good. I'm glad you approve. <clears throat> I feel like it would go good with something. Um, yeah. It's almost kind of like a meal in and of itself, though. That meaty smokiness. Yeah. Well, John, can you believe it's been 10 years? No, because I never thought we'd make it this far. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> I don't think we'd you know, ma- um, Wait, I didn't think we'd make it one year. Funny enough, and I, I don't know how this happened, but episode zero that, that should not be named, I looked at the time that we recorded it when that file was created – and it was six months before we published our... Did we wait that long? Yeah. We waited almost we did, half like a, a year. A, a little test episode or something, and then we, we did. got busy and stuff? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So so, so, so we did the first zero, episode zero, and then we, like for six months or something like that, we didn't do anything until we published that that first episode. I mean, do you still have that? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I've, I don't even know what's on that. I have no idea. It's funny. It starts with, it's, it starts with <laughs> the same music, I believe. Okay. But wait, what? What? what, what we first started off with like that Skype ringtone thing. Yes, but yeah. So I think the music would start, and then the ringtone would go. No. This yes. Is, really? No, oh, you haven't. I oh, have it. We're doing. Um, well, you vamp, and I'll put it in our, <laughs> our thing, and you could play a little bit of it. I, it's cringe. So John is one hundred percent cringe. John is searching his file system. He's doing a find uh, dash name. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing right now. <laughs> I'm just navigating the. The darn directory structure here. Man, I don't, I don't have any of that old stuff. Oh, I do. I have it all. Well, I, have to, I delete all the, like, the source material because it's all uncompressed wave, so it's, it's huge over time. I, just, I have it in case some something happens and we lose it all. Mm. So, go to our podcast folder. I'll put episode zero in there. Let's see what you can do with it. But, uh... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, did we want to like reflect on? I don't know. It's just it's been it's been an interesting 
like I said, you know, I don't think either of us thought we would do this for very long. And for some reason, we just keep doing it. I don't know if we're um, gluttons for punishment. <laughs> it's it's it, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I enjoy doing it, but I, I never would have thought we'd have kept it up this long. That's for sure. It is. It is listening back to how when it started, I could I could tell how not comfortable I was oh, in gosh. speaking into the microphone oh, and both of us just yeah. speaking about the topics that we talk about. <clears throat> And I, I'm still uncomfortable in certain yeah. <laughs> certain times, but I'm not. I guess I just let I just go with it. You know, yeah. I just let my my thoughts come out, and they are what they are. And I just I hope I'm not alienating people, but you know. I mean, yeah, you, you know. I think we've gotten. We were angry boys back then, though. Yeah, I feel like I'm. I don't know. Am I? Have I chilled out some, or am I still angry? We both have chilled out. I can tell. Have yeah. we? You just you um, you know um. The soul gets sucked out of your, out of you, <laughs> over does. time, doesn't it? And you just you can't we, even you can't care anymore. I have some thoughts on that uh, outside of this that we could talk about about my my week that I had this week that I I think um I think some people will relate to. Mm, okay, were you able yeah. to download the file? Uh, is it in the center folder? You probably have to download it in the podcast folder. Yeah, I put it in there. Is it intro? No. What's it called? Oh, did I put it in the wrong one? I put it in the wrong one. Mm. I mean, I, I just don't see it. You know, you can't play what you don't you don't have. I know, it didn't go there. It still is not there. You're still working on it. You having? Uh, do we need to do some basic Finder, uh, rudimentary Finder lessons for you, John? No, it's this <laughs> trackpad. Can't drag stuff very well. Oh, yeah. It says it's downloading. It's, it should be there oh, now. download now. I can choose to download it. I just still don't understand how iCloud works on the Mac. But anyway, okay. You, should I play this? What is this? Just an ep- a fake episode? No, it's the full episode. Is it really? Let's just see what it's like. This is, like. Uh, how long is this episode? 34 minutes. Oh my gosh. Okay. Let's see what it sounds like. Okay. Hey, John. Hey, Jeremy. Oh, how's it going? That's gone. The intro music really lasts a long time. So what's new? What's new? What's new? A lot of stuff. Oh, oh my Salesforce. Audio is horrible. Uh-oh. Salesforce and their uh, oh. new. Do you hear my voice? My, I guess my mouth I sounds. Don't know if I say this: the the whole UI perspective that chatters can echo? become the focus of of the whole system. So mm. This didn't get released. No. Yeah. Oh wow. So I think that something was, was said by following and yeah. what you're not following. Then it could be a pretty good. Yes, oh, so much echo. room echo. Yeah, did. yeah. So I don't know. To, I guess to me, this is maybe just kind of a, a back to basics customer company. I don't. Know. Anyway. Wow. <laughs> Maybe we'll, we should post that someday so people can listen to that. <laughs> that never got released, huh? Why not? Uh, <laughs> if you keep listening, uh, you'll probably understand we'll find why. Out why. Okay. Maybe that'll never get released. Right. Yeah. Anyway. I'm not, yeah, we don't have to play more of it. But yeah, you can hear the, the difference in the auto quality and everything. Yeah. We've gotten better at this. <clears throat> a tad bit. Yeah. I mean, sincerely, a tad bit. Not, not, not very much better. We're a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> Well, um, I don't know if you if you had any thoughts on you know a retrospective on the ten years, or if you just want to go into other stuff. I don't know. I mean, I, I I think back to when we started, and I see the difference in in kind of how we produce the show and the things we focused on. We've tried a lot of different things. We've tried. Um, well, we got into a better cadence for a while. That improved things, I think, a lot. We started yeah. the community. We uh, try to do live episodes. Um, yeah. 
Uh, we did the whole swag thing. We spent a lot of money on on shirts and mugs and yeah. stickers and things that we've handed out over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to do that Dreamforce, uh, that podcast booth at Dreamforce. Yeah, that was cool. Um, have press credentials. That yeah, was pretty um, cool. I think Mike Ger- Gerhold organized that. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Uh, that brought us to the extracurricular, so we got to do that. And oh, a yeah. A bunch of great guys over at, uh, at doing TDX presentations. That's true. And really, I feel like I think that was um, who who organized that. I mean, obviously it was Chuck, right? And then um, yeah, mainly Chuck who brought us in. I mean, there was a lot of people who organized it, but yeah. Chuck was the one who I think kind of helped bring us all together. Yeah. Um, and then Peter Chittam on the Salesforce side, I think, yeah. did a lot of work for that. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was cool. I wonder if that'll come back. I've I've heard you know talk. I've you know. That people are interested in doing something like that again. I don't know if it'd be the extracurricular, you know, trademark, but something right. similar at TDX. You think you'll uh, ever go to a Salesforce event again, John? <laughs> <laughs> I might try to go to a TDX. I think. Um, I think it, as long as I give advance notice, I I can get some budget for it. So I was going to say, do you get like um, you know, what do they, like people call it, like professional development, like. Budget and a few days off or whatever for that. Yeah, and that reminds me, I need to. I'm supposed to put together a things of a list of things I might need for next year, like if I want to take some certifications or conferences and things like that, so they can work it into the budget. So, got to work it into the budget. It's got to make sure that there's, if there is budget for that, that it can be put towards that. Yeah. So we sent two people to Dreamforce. I think two or three this year. Mm Hmm. Do you, you, do you guys, y'all don't sell anything in the Salesforce space, right? You just, you're users of Salesforce? Right. We're a okay. customer. Customers, yeah. yeah. It's, it's kind of, company. Dreamforce is weird. It's, um, unless you're selling something, it's, I'm just not sure it's a great conference. I think TDX might be a lot better for people who are, you know, uh, what do we call them, John, these days? These people uh-huh. who uh, build stuff? Uh, we used to call them trailblazers, right? I don't know, maybe um, it's the trailblazers who will lead the AI revolution. The, yeah. Well, I saw some new merch come out uh, from from the guys who went to the conference, and they came back with like, it, like the 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 hoodie that zip up hoodie would be split, and one side of it, the left side would say blazer, on the right side it would have a different term, so it might say trail and then blazer, or I think I saw one that says sales blazer. Oh, that's the new thing, sales blazers. Yeah, sales blazers, which is so now it's just now we're just suffixing suffixing everything blazer. <laughs> I can't even say the word suffix. No, that's fine, uh, but yeah, just just tack it onto everything. It makes it. It's the new underscore underscore c. Oh, just it, blazer. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I still need to. I still need to change my Twitter username to Jeremy Ross underscore underscore c. Yeah. Just to prove what an independent thinker I am, you know? Yeah. But I also mm. realized in hearing their stories and the things, I had to bite my tongue. I don't think you and I realize how cynical we are at times. Because um, no, they were talking, you know, they got stickers and they, they stood in line for the new plushies and they were talking about giving it to their kids and this and that. And, and then in my head, I'm like, and we saw that, tw- that Twitter post of someone who got a tattoo. And I'm just like, 
I just can't see oh, getting yeah. that excited over a company. <laughs> I mean, what um, over the Ohana? It's the Ohana, John. What, yeah. um, I mean, the characters are cute, so I can see that you know getting a plushie, giving it to your kids, that's fine. But some people they they are collectors, and I'm not knocking them. I'm just oh, saying yeah, they're no. collectors. Well, they're also I, no, I get it because in in certain ways, like I think even more than collectors, they're also kind of completionists. Like, yeah, you know, when they go to Dreamforce, and you know how or Dreamforce or TDX, where they have these little challenges, you have to go to these different things, and if you complete all the challenges or mm-hmm. visit all the things, you get like you get some prize. Like, they literally cannot refuse us; they have to do them. It's yeah. compulsive. I get and that. I, and I, I do too. No, yeah. I, I, I'm a completionist in aspects, and mine not in the plushy thing with Salesforce or <laughs> hoodies or anything, but in other aspects of my life, I'm. Like I get sucked into being a completionist. It's a little bit of like an OCD or an it is. I don't know autistic thing or something. I don't know. I'm, what it is. I'm that way with games. So I just finished uh, Hogwarts, and it took me forever because I had to 100 that, and I did finally. But is that a Harry Potter thing? Yeah. Okay. And I'm still working on God of War. Is this a computer game or no? It's it's console. Console. Okay. Yeah, so it's PS5, and I'm playing God of War, the one that came out before the current one. I forgot what it's called. Hmm. But um, I can't play the new one, even though I have access to it, because I'm still trying to finish the first one, because I'm trying to complete everything. Mm. So I'm stuck on collecting the Valkyrie armor, I think, or something like that. But okay. anyways, it, it slows me down. I guess I get my money's worth out, right? Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> there are speedrunners and there are completionists. Yeah. And they're, they're two different worlds. Gotcha. Um, anyway, yeah, TDX. Conference? I don't know. I uh, I I, I kind of have to go to Dreamforce, but I look much more forward to uh, TDX. I don't even know if that's what it's called anymore. Now it's called T- – is it TBX? I TBDX? I don't know. It's, They'll probably rename it again. I, I, I'm kind of – again, the, cynic, the cynicism is coming out, but I'm really disappointed at the way the conference has turned out because I was really hoping it was going to be developer or even just focused on people who build. And I guess to a certain extent it is, but it's – it seems to have gotten just as bad as Dreamforce in terms of the the hype it's, and the. It's not as bad as Dreamforce, um, and I <clears throat> I wouldn't be surprised if we saw the pendulum swing back some too. I don't know. I feel like I could be completely wrong. I'm just speculating, but especially after the again the um, you know the what was it like you know hardline coders yeah. Look, there's less than 10 million hardline coders in the world still. I don't know what that means. There are trailblazers. Oh, hang on. What happened to this? The people who can pro- non-programmatically put it all together, these are our trailblazers. And I'm just they're, I'm, they're, I'm completely speculating, and I know you, you and I have a bet over this, and I'll continue this just along this line. But I think the pendulum's going to swing back. I think they're going to – I think they I think they have to. Have to what? They have to show more love for actual developers. They won't. I think that I just I don't know I'm just I'm speculating I'm just that's my I'm putting low, it out there low, in, in low the universe. Low code is still a, a selling point, oh, and is, with AI that furthers entrenches the low code aspect of it. Low the, code is, yeah. The let the system do it for you. You don't need someone to to hand touch that. Yeah. No. I, I and you're not <clears> wrong. You're not wrong. But I think I'm not wrong. Also, definitely low code helps sell. It's it demos really well it's it's good on marketing material um box you know bubbly bubbly boxes and arrows and mm-hmm. drag you dropping all that kind of stuff but i mean the the, the you know you still <laughs> you still have to have software engineers for a lot of this stuff to make this stuff work um and, and for certain use cases and stuff and i don't know i'm just guessing we're gonna see more love for that but i could be wrong i'm just trying to put positive vibes out in the universe about that 
Mm. I think I'm still entrenched in my cynicism. I th- well, here's what I think. Also, I think Salesforce can do both. I think they've not done a great job at doing both and, and realizing they can have both of those messages out there. Um, and these are, they're also, you know, again, they're sloppily drawn lines. Like it's, mm-hmm. you know, you've got, you know, uh, software engineers who are, who are doing some flows and stuff when it makes sense. And you've got some, some of the flow nation out there that's, you know, learning, doing some coding and stuff, putting together some LWCs and everything. And it's, you know, you, you, if you're Salesforce, you absolutely need both of these groups, both of these. Um, and again, I'm, I'm artificially putting them in. It's almost like a binary thing. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm, it's like one or the other, which is clearly not the case. But right. just for conversation's sake, like you need both of those. You need all of them. It's a spectrum. You need it all. And you can have messaging for them all. And you can have community support for them all. And you can have conference support and event support for all of these things um, without being exclusionary. And I think they're going to get better at that. That's just I'm just again. I don't think I, they'll. I'm get... kind of saying what I want to happen, John. <laughs> and if you'll just let me do that, I'll appreciate it. I think um, I'm not trying to counter you. I'm just trying to add to the conversation. I think I think they miss the point when they do that, and when when they don't. I think they miss the point completely because if you think about anyone who's gotten extremely proficient at using these low code tools, what is it they want to do next? not get better at low code f- tools they want to be developers how many people have, yes. have you known that have gotten into flow and said i want to be a developer i want to learn more apex i want to learn more lightning and javascript yeah I, no that's pretty- it's almost like 100% of the of the people that i know that that get good at flow have wanted to and have dabbled in code yeah uh, i don't know about 100% but 100% but i mean sure it's it's not an uncommon thing right it's it's if, if nothing else, I think people just get a little bit curious about it. They're like, oh, well, um, I'm, I'm really good at flow and I love doing flow, but I keep running up into these things where I have to get a, a you know a developer to do some of this Apex or a trigger thing or whatever. And like, you know, why can't I learn some of that myself? Right. Yeah. Sure. It's a, it's a gateway drug almost. <laughs> it is. It is. That's, always, that's a tricky gateway drug though too because just from a business perspective, <clears> when I – when I hear people saying that, I, my my mind starts going to okay. Um, so if you're going to be a developer, then I need you to know security, cryptography, uh, all, kind of all the protocols of the internet nowadays, and there's like so much stuff. Um, I need you to understand like testing really well, and like uh, you know, it's um, yeah, it's, it's not near. Now listen, you can dabble, and you can maybe even be somewhat productive, um, moving into the code world. But you know, to be, I think you know, a, what you would consider a professional level software engineer, it's, boy, it's a big body of knowledge. It's, it's not what, you know, certain companies might, might want you to think that it is. It is. I I was reminded of that just this last week because we have um, required training for all of our engineers to, for security Mm. as part of our, um, I don't know, some kind of audit thing we have to do. Um, So we all have to have training. And I'm going through this training, and I'm and I know it all. I actually mm. knew everything that was in in this training. You know things like the cross site scripting and um, JWT tokens and hashing and and you know and injection scripts and how to deal with all those kind of things. It was just this huge just module, um, which I had to take all of it because I was behind everyone else, and because I started later in the company. Um, but it reminded me of just all the different things we have to think about these days, um, and it reminds me of like. When I first started programming, how 
I used to just build things and and I would just have fun just building things and seeing them working. But I didn't pay attention to things like how well it was maintainable, how secure it was, and all those kind of things. And then as you mature, you start you start building things with that mindset and it changes how you build things and how long it takes you to build things because of that. Yeah, because you I mean you can build great look if you just know HTML and some JavaScript and, and CSS mm-hmm. and, and things like that. And if you have a good eye for design, like you can build some good looking stuff. Yeah. Um but man, that is just the tip of the iceberg. It is, yeah. And that's the point I was trying to make because yeah. I wasn't trying to discourage anybody from doing it, but yeah, you can learn the tip of it and you can do some things with that tip of it. But there's this whole other world that we live in where we're trying to stop it. I wasn't trying to, <laughs> wasn't trying to go there with it. Uh, but there's this whole other world that we that, that as you mature as a developer, um, that you start to 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 value or prioritize uh, beyond just you know just the code itself. It's the entirety of it. The the oh you're the talking, big yeah, picture. All the um, the non-functionals. Yeah, yeah. Is it secure? Is it maintainable? How? I mean, gosh, in the Salesforce world, the big question is how deployable is this? Can- yeah. <laughs> yeah, we could talk about I that mean, too. I mean, just this past week, this is such a uh, little anecdote, but um, I made the most slight change to an Apex class. Mm-hmm. To get, actually, it was to get around some limit. So I just, it was a cubable thing. So I think I turned it into a cubable or something like that. It, and it worked just fine. Worked in Sandbox. A couple weeks later, they're like, hey, can you deploy this to production? I was like, and I was like, we're trying to remember, like, what even was that? And, I, and then I went and looked, and I hadn't even committed anything. I just, I had a local on my file system. I could see, oh, just, I just oh. get diff. I could see what I changed. I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll deploy that. So I got to deploy. Tons of tests fail. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was really related to just changes in production. Actually, not, it wasn't a change in production. It was changes in, in sandbox. And because we were, you know, the, I think some kind of process was being followed. Make changes in sandbox, test them. They're all good. You move them to production. Mm hmm. But if you don't run the apex tests, right? Then you don't. You're, it's a whole other world of things that you may have broken that you don't know about. Yeah. So I had to fish through that and everything. It's just like, you know, when <clears> someone <throat> says, "Hey, can you deploy that?" Well, how long will that take? Oh, just like three minutes. They're fine. And the next thing I know, it's like you know, I'm three hours <laughs> in trying to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> Writing new tests on the fly. Or anyway, trying to. That all to say that yeah, deploy deployability is one of the most important and challenging abilities in the Salesforce space. Yeah. It it is honestly it is that is the still the biggest problem slash challenge in this space. Yeah, and I, I have some thoughts on that from this week that we can talk about if we when we get to that point. Okay, I'm not sure when you want to get to that point, but whenever. I mean, I don't. I, I mean, I don't have a lot topically. I did want to. Um, yeah, I don't have much. Um, so we can go to whatever. Well, there are some things that I. I guess I've been sitting on these for a while because we haven't recorded in a while, but. Someone on our in our community keeps posting uh, from this blog, uh, Lucidity, and there's been two posts um, that really caught my attention. One of them was titled, uh, I will effing haymaker you if you mention Agile again, which I thought was a hilarious title. And the other one was, I accidentally saved half a million dollars, uh, which I thought were both really great articles. Um, so I don't know if that we could talk about those. I don't, I don't remember if you saw those when they were posted or if you read them. No, I didn't. It's 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 kind of one of those things where you kind of have to read the article because it's just the the way it's presented. It's presented really well, and it's it's very story driven. Um, and if you're a developer and you've dealt with this, you kind of you kind of get it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I could just start reading. <laughs> yeah, just like go for it. 
All right, we'll start with the first paragraph. With God is, and we'll do the the agile thing. With God is my witness. The next, I, I, I got to censor myself, so you might hear me pause because I'm trying to censor the words. But gotcha. uh, with God is my witness, the sob, the next sob to mention agile is going to get hurled into the ground so hard that I'm going to publish a seismology paper in Nature <laughs> with the data. So, now, where did you receive this? Was <clears throat> this a Twitter thing or what is this? Uh, this was off of the Good Day Sir community. Oh, that got posted. Because people miss people abuse agile, is that? Yeah. Uh, so the the first point that's gotta, being made is I personally find standups very. Mm. It, it's about to it, it, again. It's the presentation of it. I really like this writing style. I personally find standups very useful, and then it cuts off, and then and then he starts his next paragraph. His point: Stop. Those apologists who insist that agile works very well for them, you can leave now with my blessing. Half of you have only worked at functional organizations, and you're best off not knowing how most of the world lives. Your precious, pure minds are possibly the tech world's rarest resource, and they must be protected at all costs. Interesting. The other half of you are absolutely deluded. All of you, you stay. <laughs> Greg, lock the doors. <laughs> yeah. Was this, this is in our Slack? Yeah. Oh, I guess I missed this. Um, yeah, my, I don't know. I, I think my number one problem with stand-ups is half of them I'm involved with. They tend to go like 45 minutes. I'm like, guys, this is not a stand-up. We've, we've had – so yeah, we do that too, and we've had problems. We've since fixed it, but other teams are still having the same problem. So at one of our uh, – I'm going to say postmortems to, for lack of a better word, but at, in one of our kind Ret- of how – Retrospective. We, retrospective. That's yeah. what it was. It was a, it was a retrospective. And um, I had said, well, you know, we got our stand-ups down to 15 minutes. That's working well. And just like all the other teams are like, really? How many people are on your team? What do you guys, how many tickets do you guys have in the backlog? And I'm like, yeah. how many do you have in progress? Yeah. That's honestly, that is the most, <clears throat> that is one of the most important health metrics to me nowadays. What is your work in process? Yeah. Cause it's usually, I t- I'm going to say usually, but I mean, it, it might be that maybe that's a fair thing. It tends to be a disaster. Well, I think that the team size had gotten too big at some point. It since has shrinked. Um, we're actually a smaller team now, but. There was a lot of, there was a lot of people. There's a lot of tickets, and so the standup just couldn't couldn't um, it couldn't keep up. Well, yeah, well, yeah. Because the other the other part of this is we're all building around the same thing. This was a specific initiative that touched a certain module of the system, and so we're all overlapping on things. And so we were constantly discussing in the standup. You know, our blockers and our blockers were, uh, well, you know, I came across this, this issue that I have and someone else would be like, oh, really? I think I did that. And conversations would happen, even though they're not supposed to, they would start to happen in the standup. And so it just ballooned to where we would be 15, 30, sometimes an hour. And we had to reset on that. And that's when, and I think I definitely, I definitely feel this person's pain. I think, I think the the pain is just these tools being mis- misused misappropriated um but you know that the stand up is not your weekly time to hash out all of your issues right i mean you should be doing that with people throughout the week so our stand ups are daily daily stand up okay yeah. that's fine or, or, or then i'll say throughout the day like you know if you're when you get stuck on something or if you need to have a conversation with people about stuff, which happens all the time, that's totally normal. Then mm-hmm. do that. Have that conversation or whatever. Work through that. You don't work through stuff on a stand-up. Right. 
I want to read this paragraph it's really, to you. It's really just another form of information radiator. It's like you get 30 seconds to say kind of what you did, what do you what, you work on, what are you working on, and real quick, do you have a blocker? Mm-hmm. It's not to talk about it. It's just, right. to, it's just to get that in, information out to the team that, hey, I'm stuck on, um, stuck on the SAML authentication. Yeah, I'm having this problem. Okay, cool. Next. Next, next, next. And then later, people will be like, you know, you can go up to someone or someone comes up to you, hey, I, I, I worked on that SAML thing. Like, uh, what was your problem? Like, let's work it out, you know? Yeah. That's, you do that offline. <laughs> right. But people just, yeah, that's the problem is you want to, and you need some discipline there just to be like, you know, just keep keep the rules, keep the rules of the stand up. Yeah. It should be, I mean, I don't know how big your team is, but first of all, your team shouldn't be giant. It should be reasonable size and it should be a five minute thing. It should be. Five yeah. minutes. Right? Is it what's the what's the is there a 15. rule fifteen? Oh, that's a long time. I think that's too long. How well, big's your team? It's a lot smaller now, and we've actually been about ten minutes averaging. And that's yeah. that's with the and that's not. Sorry, I'm, how do I say this? Um, that's with pleasantries. You know, we go down. Hey, how's it going? Mm-hmm. How's, how's your weekend? We might people are streaming in. You know, a couple minutes late, so we start a little bit later than we should, and we go through it, and we're still finished within. Within ten minutes of that of of that whole conversation, so um, even if you have ten people, which is a I would say a big team, it's a big team to have on a stand up, and if each person gets ninety seconds, well, that's fifteen minutes. That's mm-hmm. fifteen minutes, right? Is that no? Is it? I'm not yeah, doing a minute and a half per person. So that's the longest that should go is fifteen minutes. Yeah, but ninety seconds is is not long. Now some people will only need like twelve seconds. Sure. Yeah. I kept working on the login screen, and I'm still working on the login screen. Cool. All right. No blockers? Okay, next. That was eight seconds. Yeah. And that's what we've got it to. Um, we've gotten a little bit more discipline about saying, let's take that offline. Um, we have less in the pipeline as well, less in work or in progress. Um, and... Probably the only danger to our standups is QA, who tends to have a little bit more to say about the tickets they're working on than than the developers do. Because hmm. they're they're part of our standup, is you know what the what the QA status is on things they're working on. Yeah, separate, <clears throat> separate QA team, huh? And they go to the standups. Our uh, what we have we have two different forms of QA. One of them is our quality engineering, mm-hmm. so they're the ones that participate in our standups. Okay. So they kind of do the validation of what we built before it goes to UAT, where yeah. there's a separate kind of what's supposed to be a full regression test. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just layers to that onion. Yep. No, I get it. <laughs> uh, another point that that uh, headline here is, but we have to work through the backlog. Go, the rant goes. What GD fantasy land do you live in and how do I get in? I'm going to explain this very slowly in desperate hopes that you can understand something that isn't in a confluence page if it is delivered as a sufficiently glacial pace. And if you demonstrate sufficient comprehension, I will refrain from operating this guideline. Work must go faster than it goes in. Do you understand? If your backlog is getting bigger, then work is going into it faster than it is going out. Why is that happening? F if I know, but it's probably totally unrelated to doing agile well enough. Yeah, and that's something. It's like a big backlog. Is that a, is that a problem? It can be because you know the, I would say the bottom. I'm just making a I'm just arbitrarily making a number up here, but the bottom half of the backlog should probably be nice to haves because the backlog should be a sorted 
list of work to be done. Mm-hmm. And it's what is it sorted by? Well, in my opinion, I try to sub- sort by like business, a couple of different things that 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 compete here. Mm-hmm. Risk, especially for important things. Right. Get something that's important and risky. I want that close to the top because I want to know more about that and the, what and how feasible and what issues we're going to have with it sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Um. And then otherwise than that, it's just like priority, like, you know, how um, how important is it to functionality of the system or whatever. Yeah. And so, like, the whole bottom half of the list is, is oftentimes just – I mean, if we if – we, listen, if we get through that whole top half, we get all that done, and we still have budget left, that bottom half's gravy. That's great. We can do all those things. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's – I've never been on a project where there's just like, oh, have as much budget time as you want. No, it's always constrained. Yeah. And we always would like to get more done, would like to have more in the system than we probably have time or money for. Yeah. And just being big boys and girls about that and being honest about it is kind of, for me, one thing that Agile is all about. Like being honest about this is a constrained world that we're all in and we're, no one's going to get everything they want. But let's put the list out there just so we can see it. Yeah. And knowing that we're going to sort it so that we that we're going to we have a much higher likelihood of getting the things that are most important to us done. Yeah, I think what um, I think under normal operating mode, we're good at that. I think what happened recently is a big push initiative that that got put out from the business, you know, and it was um, it had a lot of visibility um, all the way up to the top, and so there were things that were just. There's way there's way too many have to haves in that list. Yeah, and so that backlog got bloated mm-hmm. with with a bunch of have to haves, and we we completed it, we got it done, and we were uh, surprisingly really successful at it. But it was painful uh, because of the way it was driven down, and it it also constrained how we could manage it from an agile perspective, just how we can manage our tickets, our workload, and everything else, and even how we can report status back up to the business on it. Um, it was really painful. So we, we, as part of the retrospective, we tried to outline ways that we would hope would prevent this from ever happening again. Because it just, it just really burned people really yeah. hard. Hmm. Yeah. And, and the whole, like, we have way too many have-to-haves. I mean, not uncommon. It's a bit of a business smell. And if bad enough, it starts looking like a death march. Felt very much like a death march. Mm. Sure. Yeah. Well, it was because we got told the state cannot move. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, so if you're date constrained, then you have to not be content constrained. Like if we're going live at this date, no matter what, then like it's only going to have the things we get done. And you can say <laughs> you want this whole list done. You can say that all you want. Yeah. Say it every day to yourself. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. And we need to, again, we need to be big boys and girls about (laughs) how do we mitigate that risk? What if we don't get all this done? That's why that, again, that's getting to go back to that. That's why we sort the backlog by what's most important. Because what if we don't, what if we only get 60% of this backlog done? Is the bottom 40%, is that, are those truly nice to have? Can we live without them, at least for this release or whatever it is? Does it get us down the road to fight another day? 
I, I think from an analytic perspective, it's a fair argument to say that. But I think from a corporate politicking standpoint, it's very difficult to manage that. Oh, it's, uh, because that's, that's a hard part. Because yes. we had the people who are actually doing the work, you know, the sales teams, the sales support teams who are saying the business is saying we need to increase this number. And the the people who are actually doing the work are saying, well, we can't physically get that number done because there's only so much time in the day. So then the discussion is, well, how do we make things more efficient so you can be more productive so you can get more things done in the day? And that's all driven down to the bottom where we're at. And that's where we have to come in. And, and that's part of what this initiative was, was mainly productivity and automation around, you know, our renewals, our subscription renewals process. So we were tasked with all these must-haves that the business that the business defined as needing improvements so that we can meet these numbers. And that's how it was driven down. Yeah. And that's what made it really difficult. It wasn't like um yeah, we can only get so much done in two weeks. So here's what you get in two weeks. It was the, they say they need this in order to meet these numbers. We're going to meet these numbers. So you better deliver on these productivity enhancements. Mm. You better. You better. That's my words. I mean, but like, those are my words. That's yeah. how it felt. But those were my words. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, Sean, it's like some things never change. It doesn't. Human yeah. nature does not change. That's That's the truth. But that's also like we have to keep reminding ourselves. We have to. We do. I mean, we all get caught up in letting sprint or letting standups go too long, and um, just all the bad habits that I think just seem. I don't know if we're born with, if it's in our DNA, if it's just like human nature stuff. But mm-hmm. um, kind of have to keep reminding yourself of these lessons and go back and you know, some of these kind of just whether it's um. You know, some of these books or just even just the Agile Manifesto and kind of our values and principles types of things. Like, you got to remind yourself of those. Yeah. Because those don't change. Really. They really don't change. They don't. And, you know, they they were they were developed with, with, a, with experience behind it, I would say. You know, that, that, yeah, these things can go awry if not done properly. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that caution is out there and people experience when it goes awry and they have to kind of recenter on it. Yeah. I just feel like I just said a bunch of words that don't mean anything. No, I think that makes sense. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway, I'm going to end this by saying with with what he ended this with or he or she, I don't even know who wrote this. uh, Epics and stories have stupid names. (laughs) The name epic and story are stupid? They kind of are stupid. Yeah. I've never cared for those names that much yeah i use them a lot now though just because i How about story points is that not triggering for everyone <sighs> story points don't even start on story I points i think he has a point in here about story points but i didn't want to get into it i i don't like story I, points i tried I, I actually i lived under that delusion for a while the story points were a were a thing and i had some idea in my mind why it wasn't really directly correlated to time and why that <clears> made sense and i don't know i just feel like over time that's just that that has not that's fallen apart. I mean it's meant to be it's not meant to be an estimate it's meant to be a sizing so you can see so you can kind of gauge is but this how's, <laughs> is this too big is this too big and do we need to break it up it, too big in terms of what though I know it's always know. how long it takes it's always how long it takes <laughs> I know like, it's like as much as I I love the idea of abstracting time away mm-hmm. it really is what it just always comes back down to that's all anyone cares about is time why don't we just use time 
hate time though. But that's really that's what matters. That's almost always what matters. I mean, computing is so cheap. I mean, it used to be you know like. You know, you need to know if you needed some big enterprise database system that was, you know, whatever. Like, but now everything is like, if you, you know, you're in the middle of a store, and you're like, oh, you know, we're going to need a an in-memory cache, or okay, fine, that's like, you know, sixty cents a day on AWS or whatever. It's like not a problem. It doesn't even matter. Like, just do it. <laughs> it's it's people's time and it's project time because businesses have dates are important to businesses. It's really those that the dates that matter just far more than anything else. Yeah. I mean, there's exceptions. You know, if you're building these um, large language models that, you know, I don't know, cost $200 million to, to run the numbers on or whatever, okay, that's in uh, compute resources, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's different. But 99% of us don't have those, those kind of problems. Fair enough. It's just time. Yeah. I mean, the, the expense, the cost are salaries and it's, and then it, it's, so it's, how long does it take people to to build these things? And then can we get it done for our important business dates? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, let's see. Like I said, I didn't have much, but uh, do we have did the Okta, the, another, this, this next second unfortunate big Okta, mm-hmm. um, I guess a breach. Was that, did we talk about that? We didn't talk that, about okay. it. I heard about it, but I have not dug into it. So I'm, I'll let you uh, educate I mean, me. I, I, don't, I don't know that much about it. I mean, you know, the thing I kept reading over and over and over and over was that their Octa support system was breached. It wasn't like their core identity, their core service, you know, that they offered to clients. It was their support system, their case management system. Uh-huh. I kept, kept seeing that, you know. Another big thing was, I mean, was that it took Octa like a couple of weeks to even confirm. They just, it was reported to them. Mm. And it was out there in the ether, but they wouldn't confirm it. So they, you know, that took a couple of weeks, which then everyone was like, yeah, this is really sketchy that they went two weeks without really saying much about it. Um, but it affected one password, which is it because, you know, I use one password. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one password said, we detected suspicious activity on our Okta instance related to their support system incident. Um, and as of late Friday, we've confirmed that this is a result of Okta support system breach. I'm reading different quotes here. Okta says attackers accessed files containing cookies and session tokens uploaded by customers to its support management system. After breaching its stolen credentials, it should be noted that Okta's support case management system is separate from the Okta service. Uh, Beyond Trust's service security team detected and blocked an attempt to log into the Okta administrator account on October 2nd using a cookie stolen from Okta's support system. Having finalized investigation, this is Okta saying this, a threat actor gained unauthorized act act access to files in Okta's customer support system. One password said that, I already said that one. Um, I'm like, well, I kept looking around. I'm like, what is this support system? Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, you know, Okta, it was it was former Salesforce employees. And I'm thinking to myself, it's, it's probably, I would, I would bet that Okta uses Salesforce for, you know, their CRM, but also support. I mean, that's just what I would guess. Yeah. So I started – this is just earlier when I was waiting for you to get up here. I'm like searching around. I'm like, well, what is their support? Do they run? What is their support system? Can't find it anywhere. No one will say. The entire internet with all these hundreds of articles about this, no one will say what it is. Oh. So I plug in support.octa.com and just do a DNS and see what I get back. Support.octa.com resolves to 
support.octa.com.00d.live.siteforce.com. Yep. Now, this was probably, I mean, I'm not saying this was a Salesforce breach. This is probably someone that stole Octa's, one of Octa's, I think it was one of Octa's employees, like their their Salesforce credentials, mm-hmm. essentially. Not Salesforce's fault. It's not, it's not a Salesforce breach. But that I can tell anyway. But it's, it isn't weird how. Well, they usually try to protect of- <laughs> the systems involved so that you, so if there is a vulnerability, no one's like seeing it as a new vector to come in and attack. That, and I think because it wasn't a, any kind of breach related, like on the part of Salesforce, that it wouldn't mm-hmm. be maybe, and I'm just being, I'm being generous here, but it wouldn't be fair to name Salesforce because they, they were, Salesforce wasn't breach. I mean, right. Because someone got a hold of username and password and was able to log in. That's yeah. different than someone, you know, finding a hole in Salesforce security and accessing the database directly. Exactly. Yeah. But it was just it, – it, I'm reading more and more about this. I'm like, everyone's saying, oh, their support system, the support system, their support system, not their, not their authentication system. It was their support system. I'm like, well, what, what are they, where were they running? Why is no one saying this? Why is everyone <laughs> hiding what their support system is? Yeah. So, well, they apparently had another issue. Did you see that? And also, to be fair, just because support.octa.com resolves to some Salesforce thing, I don't know if it was that support system. I mean, Octa's a big company. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm speculating. Yeah. It's fake news. But it seems like regardless, yeah, it seems like regardless, <laughs> it was clearly it was like not any kind of breach on Salesforce's part. Right. Well, in... Trying to educate myself while you were talking, I did a search on Octa breach, and apparently there was another report just two days ago about another breach that atta- that a- allowed uh, an attacker to steal employee data from a third party vendor. Uh, something about some healthcare system that they were that they had logged their employee or put their employees' information into that was, uh, was this accessed. One from, so last year, about <clears throat> about a year ago, Octa had a pretty big breach. Hmm. That's concerning. Yeah, I know it kind of is. It's um. Not great. I mean, it's it's. I mean, it's it's always been one of those things when it, when it comes to identity providers. I mean, you're trusting them with with all the keys to your systems, and with the hopes that they're going to do a better job at securing them than you are. And um, when these breaches happen, it's. I mean, it's. In some ways, it's like you kind of you get it. You you almost expect it. They're 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 a, a particular target. Um. But it does make you wonder. Yeah, you know? and I mean, almost all these these companies, you know, big, I, you know, tech companies, so they're they're running basically zero, what's called zero trust systems now. And so, I mean, the the only way in general that these things get breached like this, it it is human failure. Yes, yeah, it's not error. the system; it's a human that because like, I guess one thing that people do in Octa is they kind of upload their like HTTP logs or something, and so. I think someone uploaded a log that had a cookie in it mm. and someone grabs a cookie that's still active, some kind of session cookie or something out of that. Yeah. And if you have that cookie, then you can start making requests. Yeah. And that's, and they just, it, it snowballed. I mean, I read this, one of these articles kind of went, went into detail about how they used it to run like around a report of like current users. And then they used that and it just kept snowballing and they, they kept getting more and more information, but it was all just, it was all because of a human error and, yeah, that's why two factors important. But again, if you if you grab if you grab a session token of some sort, you're yeah. auth- you're authenticated. Yeah. You don't that have to worry matter. about two MFA. Yeah. You are authenticated already. Yeah. 
I mean, that's when it's like, it gets important. Like, do you, there's this concept of like impossible travel. Have you heard of this before? Mm-mm. It's like a security thing, but it's basically like, you know, if you, let's say you log into Salesforce okay. and you get a, you know, you puts token or cookies in your browser and every request you make, you know, you're authenticated already. Um, then you're, a, you know, you're at your IP address here in Dallas. And what if, you know, 30 seconds later, Salesforce starts getting requests with your session token from Russia IP mm-hmm. addresses. That's what we call impossible travel. Like you couldn't have gotten to impossible. Russia. You couldn't have gotten to Russia in 30 seconds. I can. <laughs> um, it's called a VPN. Yeah. Well, fair. Yeah. Fair. Um, but, and should systems detect that impossible travel and block you? I would say yes. I'd rather err on that and say, oh, it's because I switched my VPN on. I'll log back yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's fair. fair. That is fair. Yeah. If you turn on a VPN and then it says, hey, you are not logged. You, we, have, we have just logged you out. Yeah. That's fine. Log <laughs> You log in again, right? right. That's, that's, that seems fair to me. Yeah. But I, I don't see a lot of that blocking impossible travel. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely logged in, logged into a VPN in the middle of doing Salesforce work, and nothing makes me log in again. Yeah. Now, maybe Salesforce has stuff that they know, they somehow know, or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, all of our uh, all of our CLIs have refresh tokens in them. I don't have to log in again. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's the danger with refresh tokens. Mm-hmm. The refresh tokens are dangerous. They are. They're convenient, but they are. No, that's why they usually. Um, you only get ref- like the like OAuth flows that give you refresh tokens are higher security flows. Like the lower security flows that usually don't like Salesforce enforces this too. Um, I'm trying to think now, uh, if you like, if you do a username password flow, mm-hmm. which I do a lot of, um, you don't get refresh tokens. I think you only get an access token. Okay, which expires. You know, in yeah, depending on however you have your. Session setting set in your org, I think. It should be. Yeah. yeah. But when that when that token is expired, um, you can't just present a refresh token. You actually have to present your original credentials, cre- credentials again. Yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. This is nerdy. See, this is when we lose all like the the, <laughs> the admins and the, and the flow now. Well, I think it's important to just I mean, kind of almost just for an awareness, just in, within the conversation, you might pick up something you didn't know or or something that makes you think a little bit differently about stuff. Yeah. I think it's good to listen to this stuff. To I, yeah. and don't take everything we say at face value. We could be wrong on a lot of it. Totally. Yeah. It's just yeah. Anyway, did you see the? Um, I, I really didn't read too much into it. It's kind of long, but the White House had a new executive order on like AI safety. This no, is AI safety thing. It's it's interesting. You know, you've got um, these. You know, I would say catastrophists. On on the one hand, who are like, oh, it's you know, we're dead. This is we're done. Know, yeah, we're dead. This yeah. AI is going to kill us. Kill Sky, human, Skynet is real. It, it is. I mean, and people. I mean, they make very, I would say, well put together cases for why this will end humanity. How did the Skynet people and the Matrix people? You know, did is is it a Venn diagram with those people, or is it like mm. is opposite like polar opposites with those? I don't know. I don't understand how they would fit together. So I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> um, but then you have like the um, who's the guy that's like the. He's the big. I don't want to say AI apologist, but he thinks there's there's a word for it. I forget what they call these people, but he, I don't think there's a problem whatsoever. But um, oh, Mark Andreessen of uh, okay. I mean, his thing is he's Andreessen Horowitz, big big VC firm. But yeah, he's and he and he makes really well 
recent arguments as well. It's like, why? We're fine. We're fine. It's not going to, yeah. it's not going to escalate like that. And we can manage this. And, and there may be some, some social, a few social disruptions, you know, maybe, you know, way people work will change a little bit and things like that. But I mean, it's not definitely not the end of humanity, but it's funny watching these arguments go back and forth. Yeah. It seems, it seems to be along the lines <laughs> of versus, you know, cataclysmic, cataclysmic, uh, downfall of society and more of, I lost my job to a robot who, who took over my welding spot at the factory type thing. You know, it's, I think it's more akin to that than it is the la- the latter. You think it, you think the practical concern is just work? Yeah, yeah. That, it, work, that it's taking that it's taking jobs. I <clears throat> yeah. think is is a more practical concern than it that world's going to end because AI is going to start you know you know whatever Matrix style or Terminator style stuff. Yeah, that's a good point. Because <clears throat> in some aspects it does really well at certain things, and mm-hmm. in other aspects it does really poorly at things. Right. Um, and it's a tool and there's a lot of buzz and hype around it so much so that it's almost looking like another technology looking for a, a purpose in some aspects. So Google, I think it was Google. There's been a couple of, you know, fairly big studies on how AI is affecting developer productivity. Mm-hmm. I think the first one was from McKinsey, which I think was pretty uh, widely discredited. Okay. Um, people are not happy with it. But Google had one more recently. It was in the news a couple of weeks ago. And um, it showed that there's really, uh, right now anyway, so far, there's not a lot of ga- you know productivity gains for developers from AI. There's a little bit of increase in job happiness, mm. job satisfaction or whatever. I mean, I think it... That's I think how it, I feel. Like I use, I use um, Copilot. GitHub Copilot, um, and it 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 does it's good at doing the grunt work for me. Mm-hmm. Like it's it'll just like all like I just need to like do through this thing and split these strings and put a you know take the final comma off then or whatever all these different things and it kind of just like it'll just be like oh here's these three lines are those the lines you want I'm like yeah those are the three lines of code I want thank you <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, and really I think the biggest effect is uh, the effect on Stack Overflow. Because all those things like that, when someone would go to second and be like, how do you split this string and like, you know, comma delimit it and remove the last comma or just whatever. I don't know. All these things that you would have gone to Stack Overflow to search for just for a code snippet or something. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't no, You're not doing that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Stack Overflow, Stack Overflow has been, I mean, it's been in the news. They're, they're in big trouble. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Their traffic is down like 50%. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't. I don't either. Um, I mean, good thing that um, what's his name At- Atkins Atkinson. No, what was the guy's name? Um, uh, coding whore. Who? What was his name? It's Atkinson, isn't it? Atkins. Atkins. And then Joel Spolsky. Those yeah. are the guys that the two guys that orig- original founders. But I mean, I think they 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 sold. Yeah, two, he sold. They yeah. sold years ago and yeah. made their money. Got their money out. So that's good. I mean. Seems like everyone's made some money. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if the acquirers have. I think I think my big concern with with those tools is is a lack of diversity of thought because it's not just the answer you get from those threads. At you, you get people's opinions. Some of them, yeah. you know, are elitist, and some of them are helpful, and some of them make you think about other things. You know, 
they ask the question, well, why do you want to do that? That yeah. doesn't make sense. Right. No. You know, that's, that's that's why I don't see this getting, you know, like you're not gonna be able to like fire developers yet. It's just, you, you <laughs> I mean, sure, it can give you snippets of stuff. And I mean, there's even there's even I mean, you can even have chat GBT or some of these other tools just like, hey, I need a um, a login screen for, uh, you know, and write it in react or view or whatever. And it'll just, it'll, you know, it gives you, you know, nice starting point. Mm-hmm. But you still need smart people, smart engineers to like make all the stuff work and make sure it works right and fix the things that the, the the dumb AI didn't do right and make sure that you don't have security flaws. And I mean, just there's so much stuff. There's so much stuff that in a, in a real project yeah. that has to be done that some AI code generator is really not going to, I mean, it might, it'll throw something at you, but you have to have people that know whether that's right or not. Like yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not using chat GPT for my legal advice. Um, I mean, I actually have played with that. But on anything important whatsoever, I still have my attorney's review. Everything. Yeah. And I'm not. <laughs> well, did you did you see the um, – I don't think he got disbarred, but there was an attorney who got kicked off a case or something by a judge because he had he had asked ChatGPT for some like back – like um, supporting cases, all that kind of stuff, and it hallucinated some cases. Oh. And, the, and the, this attorney put it in his thing to the judge, and the – you know, I think the judge is – what do you call the clerk, clerk, you know, legal clerks, whatever, like these cases don't exist. These are not real cases. And he got in trouble. He got like reprimanded by the judge. That's, that's a, a win for the legal system that actually went and verified everything. Uh, I do think the legal system is one of these areas that is, is in trouble from work disruption with, from AI. By people posing as no, experts you just, you because know, they're need, getting you know, it from ai no let's say you need to drop a lease agreement for your for something or whatever it's just like you can get really good stuff from ai for that kind of stuff now do you still want to have your attorney review it or you know should your attorney be using that stuff so that they can provide services cheaper to you i mean i i don't know but it's 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 just one of those areas that it's it's one of the ones that's more ai is really suited for that type of thing oh i i would think it's less suited for that I know there's a lot of kind of boilerplate to a lot of what they do, but there's a, there's an intent behind it. There's a purpose behind the language that they use that that is very specific because of how creative we can be as humans at getting around roadblocks. Yeah. Or, you and, know. I mean, in the current technology that's hot right now, the large language models, I mean, they're really just, just – it's just vomiting out stuff that it thinks looks right to you. Yeah. And sometimes it's amazingly right. It's like it, it. It's like but, the linter. It passes the linter, yeah. but it doesn't com- always compile. But sometimes it's amazingly wrong, and it just makes stuff up that's completely wrong. I mean, it's, Copilot does still does that all the time. Mm. It will write you some code, and it will make up methods on a class. It'll call methods on a class that simply do not exist. It's like it's not actually looking at that class mm. and seeing what methods are available and what makes sense to call. It just it's like oh, it just thinks there should be a method called X Y Z, and it and it just writes code that calls that method. I'm like. Huh. Weird. My ID is uh, putting red squiggles on under all this code you just wrote, you know. Um, so it does a lot of that too. It's just but it will get a lot better pretty fast probably. Oh, that's that's what everyone keeps saying is it'll get better. It'll get better. I mean, it it it, it is getting better. It's always getting better. Mm. I'm not going to argue against it getting better. I just I think at some point <sighs> People want to interact with people. 
even even hermits like me want to interact with people at some point in our lives. I think the pandemic showed us how being isolated and being across from people on Zoom, how horrible of an experience that is. And I think relying too much on AI is not going to be a good thing because I think as customers to a company, we already went through that with automated uh, phone systems and things. And we want to talk to people. We want to explain ourselves. We want to use our language with someone and get them to empathize with us. Yeah. <clears throat> because that's what humans do. Uh, even this week, I got to spend time with engineers from our company, which I've only seen or interact with on Slack or on WebEx. And you wouldn't believe that the explosion of conversations we had around our systems, around our processes and things like that, that we were able to have because we were sitting in the same room. Yeah, It's just invaluable. Mm. I mean, sure, for the day-to-day, heads down, get stuff done, work from home, great. But right. I, I saw a tremendous value of being together and having having those conversations. Yeah. No, that's a little bit of a topic shift, but I, I don't disagree with you on that. <laughs> I wasn't trying to shift. No, I was I, but it, give an example yeah, of no. how I think human interaction is important to the things that we do. And by abstracting it away behind these bots and AI, as as good as it can be, it's still not human interaction. I still have just mainly terrible experiences with chatbots. And, mm-hmm. and these are from big multinational corporations that have all the budget in the world for all this stuff. Chatbots are still pretty terrible. Well, everyone's in startup mode still. That's also, I mean, this in this particular case, I won't, I won't really name the company, but big multinational company um, in the communications space. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know, there these companies are such a mess. I mean, their systems are terrible. They're not integrated well. Um, a lot, many of them are. They run massive parts of their business on are completely archaic. On like literally like generations, many generations previous technology, mm-hmm. um, you're not going to be able to put an AI chatbot on top of that and have yeah. have it be able to navigate across your business units and all these different things. It's just unless you somehow can surface everything really well to the chatbot, but that's that's a problem. You, that takes tons of actual human doing engineering stuff to make that happen, and mm-hmm. and turns out that's just that's. That's been the limiter all along. It's expensive. Yeah. And you've, you know, you've made probably a lot of bad short-term decisions on your systems over the course of decades. And, you know, you keep picking the town can down the road and, you know, you don't want to pay the piper to reduce your technical debt. And that's what you end up with. You slap a shitty chatbot on top of it and it still sucks. Now I'm ranting. I agree. Now I'm ranting. No, I'm, I'm with you because I think, I think a lot of companies – Mid-size and up are dealing with that same problem. They have a certain amount of tech debt. They have some legacy systems. They don't communicate well, and they know they need them to at some point. And there's always this ongoing initiative to either centralize something or change the architecture of how the system works to try to try to make up the difference in those systems. You know, like having some kind of middle layer gateway or some master data initiative or something that tries to bring all that data together. And, and so that you can do something with it. It's, it's, it's been an ongoing thing since forever, yeah. since I've been in this business. Never changes. And it never changes. <laughs> it never – you think we would figure it out now, but it just keeps getting more complicated the more we add to it, the more we think we've solved it. Yeah. The more we think Salesforce can do it all, and then we start tacking in all these things to Salesforce and realize, oh, well, now we've got a different problem. Not to pick on Salesforce. I'm just saying. Yeah. You, you find a system that you think is going to solve like – 80% of your problems and you can somehow make it the system a record for a lot of what you do until you start 
implementing it and you realize, oh, well, I need to connect it to this and I need to connect it to this and I need to connect it to this. And then all of a sudden it's not the central anymore as, as central as you thought. It has a lot of dependencies. Well, we don't centralize anything more. We just, we harmonize them. I've learned that in data cloud and John, we just harmonize, oh, all harmonize. The I like give that. them all separate and just harmonize them. Harmonize the systems. Uh, they don't play well together. Oh, I tell you this, the, the terminology and it's really, it's really the, a CD, the CDP space, customer data platform. I mean, that's essentially what data cloud is. Um, it is really annoying. Oh, what's that? What's that technology that makes singers all sound better? Auto tune. Auto tune. We're <laughs> auto tuning our systems. Oh, we are. We're yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. That's why you still get emails. It's like, hello. Name. Yes, name. I'm trying to think of Curly bracket yeah, name. Like, well, that harmonization didn't harmonize all that well, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Well, John, uh, you know, I think um, I just want to say before we wrap up that uh, 10 years, man, um, really the thing I take away most, I mean, obviously, you know, I've spent a lot of time together. And we've been friends forever. Um, twice as long as we've been doing this podcast, really. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. But um, man, the, the people that we've met, the relationships that we that we have, and um, yeah, <clears throat> you know, this community. I know we talk about it a lot, but just this community. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's that's the thing that uh, I'm, you know, most. I think most gratified by is that the word? Um, so, and yeah. yeah, I don't know, but um, I just I really appreciate everyone out there that's been a member of this community, that's listened to this podcast, that. Um, you know, it's contributed in so many different ways. I mean, when you mentioned the extracurricular and just, there's like been so many things and just the day in and day out in the, in the Slack and um, meeting up with everyone every year at different conferences. Um, yeah. And it, you know, it's, it's even, it kind of frustrating me because even, even when I was at Dreamforce, you know, we had the meetup and there were, you know, so many people showed up to our meetup and there were, and I won't name anyone, but you probably, you probably, if, I, if you're hearing this right now and you think, oh, maybe that's me, that, it is you. Like, there were so many people I really didn't even get a chance to talk to that much that I feel really bad about that came to that because if we're just, you know, I don't know. Um, I get it, yeah. But, yeah, just, just I always look forward to that. And I don't think I would have near as much of that value that I've gotten without the kind of the community that's sprung up around this, around the show that we do. Yeah. And it's really, it's, I feel like it's in a way like it, we've talked about the the you know the Hitchcock term the a MacGuffin before like in fact this show that we this podcast we do is just kind of like a MacGuffin for the community like it was just really an excuse to form a community it was just something sure. to get yeah. the, it was just something to get the plot rolling that's I think how, so because I I, th- I remember it. you know we felt pretty isolated you know we we were doing this work with Salesforce and we were. We have all these kind of gripes and these things that we were, and we don't, like I said, we'd started this because we were, wanted to put our conversations online that we were having over lunches about the things we were doing. And a lot of it, those were rants. They were vent yes. sessions. Yeah. They were, mm-hmm. you know, we're having this problem. Surely we're not the only ones. Yeah. And so we started talking about it online and to see the community come around and say, yeah, I'm there with you. I mean, that's huge. That, that helped a lot in terms of our, at least my mentality and my ability to kind of keep going in this ecosystem. Yeah. I mean, you can attest how many times I said I'm quitting Salesforce. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I, have, I pulled you back from the precipice. Uh, is that the term? I think so. <laughs> several, several times, I think. Yeah. Oh, 
Sorry about that, by the way. Uh, maybe you could have been on doing something much better, much better yes. at this point, but I kept pulling you back up. This ecosystem has a way of pulling you back in. It does. Doesn't it? It does. Isn't that weird? Yeah. And I say, when I say this, I mean, I'm actually referring to just like the Salesforce ecosystem in general. Mm-hmm. Even the conferences it's, will do that to you. You'll go to a conference, no matter how cynical you are, you still kind of come away with going, that was kind of cool. Yeah, I, I know. I can't wait to, to do something with that. Yeah, yeah. Salesforce is good at that. I mean, got to give Salesforce credit. One of the things they're good at is is community. Yeah. Anyway, do you have any uh, comments before we wrap up? Or no, I think you're able to express a lot of what I wanted to say as well. So. All right. Well, if you're listening, dear listener, uh, and you have not joined our Slack, that is that is probably the best way to get involved in the community or just check it out. You can lurk. That's fine. But you go to uh, good, www.gooddayserpodcast.com, click on community, and you can just add yourself into it's, it's We use Slack. That's our, kind of our communication hub. We're, we're, by the way, we're back on the, uh, the, the promotional full Slack experience. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> I, don't, I just – I think it's, it's like the annual it, – it's like the holiday special. Like for a couple of months, <laughs> they're going to put us on the, the full plan, the pro plan again. Yeah. Um, in, hope, in hopes that we – you know, it's, I can't afford that many. Oh my God. Can you imagine how <laughs> that would cost us? I know. It's, but anyway. Um, but yeah, that's the best way to get involved. I would say, um, you also email us info at good Uh, you can send us questions, sticker requests, um, comments, feedback, whatever it's topics for the show. Yeah. And we do have that email address that we keep open. What else, John? Share send us, us beer. Send us, yeah, send us beer. We've had some, <laughs> we had some great beer. I think, I think I've gotten through all the. I know I shared some of them with you, but mm-hmm. the beer that Ray Deller, Dollar Dollar Ray, sent us. Um, that's another guy that I did not get to catch up with as much as I wanted to. Sorry about that, Ray. At Dreamforce. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. That's all I got, John. Ten years. 10 years. And to that, I say, good day, sir. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. We're here to do one thing, to make you better.